Welcome to Muma the Puma the podcast, a podcast that looks at everything Generation X by someone who's Generation X. We'll talk about things from the 70s, 80s, and right up to today. So sit back and enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Muma the Puma. I hope everyone has been having a great week so far, and I've been really looking forward to sharing with you this episode. For those of you who don't know, I am based out of Toronto, and this past week, the Toronto International Film Festival started. And because of COVID last year, it was all digital with very, very few in-person screenings. This year, they did add several more uh, in-theater screenings, which was great. And they basically had a, a hybrid festival. Now, in years past, it's huge. And there's thousands of people around the downtown core. There's parties everywhere, tons of movies, tons of celebrity watching. This year's uh, TIFF Festival was a lot more low-key. There was hardly any lineups anywhere. There were no red carpets. There were no celebrity viewing spots. I actually still have one movie left at this year's TIFF Festival, and that's actually tonight. I'm going to see Dune on the Cinesphere in Toronto and IMAX, which I'm really looking forward to. But the past couple of days, I've really wanted to do an episode focusing on two of the movies that I did see this year. So far, I've seen uh, four movies, the one being The Last Night in Soho and another one being Belfast, which in the case of Belfast, I really think it has a good chance of winning the People's Choice Award at this year's TIFF. But the two movies I really wanted to sort of focus on for this particular episode were The Eyes of Tammy Faye and Spencer. Both of these movies are getting a lot of Oscar buzz, particularly for the lead actresses. And there's just been a lot of hype around them. So I was able to get sort of last minute tickets for each of these screenings. And both of them, you know, are set sort of in the 80s. The Eyes of Tammy Faye uh, basically start tells the story of how Jim Baker and Tammy Faye Baker built this televangelist empire in the 70s and 80s. And it's crashing downfall in the early 90s. I have to say about this movie, it is extremely well acted. Jessica Chastain plays Tammy Faye. Andrew Garfield plays Jim Baker. And Vincent D'Onofrio plays uh, televangelist Jerry Falwell. It is actually quite stunning how they become these people between the prosthetic makeup and the Uh, voice uh, coaching that they had to get the particular accents. Where I kind of felt that this movie felt a little short for me was in the editing. I really think they tried to focus too much on sort of the um, pre-televangelist empire, sort of like how they met and when they got married and sort of their earlier days. They spent a lot of time on that. Um, when I think it would maybe would have been better served sort of dealing with more of his downfall and how essentially they lost this insane empire that they had built, uh, basically built on the money that people were giving them for donations. And they really um, sort of paint a portrait of Tammy Faye as being this naive sort of stand by your man woman who really had no idea what was going on. 
And that could have been the case, I guess. But I, there was always a part of me that felt maybe she knew a little more. Although she was never charged with anything. And Jim Baker ends up going to jail for, I think, around four years. Um, unfortunately, uh, Tammy Faye passed away. So it also doesn't really even touch on that. It kind of ends sort of right after Jim Baker goes to jail. So, again, I think the movie, although the acting is outstanding and totally should be nominated, the movie is worth seeing, especially if you know nothing about the story of Jim and Tammy Faye. Go see it. But I think if you're like me and, and kind of can remember when that was all going on in the news and the interviews and sort of the outrageousness of you know, their home and all this money that they had and, you know, and basically stole from what they said were their parishioners. I would have liked to have seen a little more of that portrayed and maybe a little more into Tammy Faye's life after she divorces Jim Baker. And that's not really talked about at all in this movie. So overall, they're totally all going to get nominated for Oscar nominations for sure. But I was slightly disappointed in the movie, especially based on all the hype that it was getting. Now, I want to transition that to the other movie that is getting a lot of hype, and that is Spencer, and in particular, Kristen Stewart's portrayal of Princess Diana. So this movie at the Venice Film Festival got a standing ovation. They basically praised... Kristen Stewart's performance as, you know, one of the best they've ever seen. And it's going to be a guaranteed Oscar uh, nomination, if not an Oscar win. And that, you know, her portrayal of Diana was like nothing anyone has ever seen. And when I was reading sort of the reviews overall of how people were talking about this movie, they were really talking about Spencer in an extremely positive light and that it was groundbreaking and really showed you, you know, the struggles that Diana had endured. So I thought as a fan of the Royal family and sort of, I call them the, the greatest real life soap opera ever. And, you know, I do sort of consider myself to have a bit of knowledge of sort of the past history of sort of the modern Royal family. I was really interested to see this because full disclosure, I am not a fan of Kristen Stewart. And I thought the casting of her was extremely odd to say the least so because everyone was saying how amazing this movie was I was like I have to see it so it was only showing one screening at TIFF and that was Wednesday night and ironically enough it was at the Princess of Wales theater which I know when we at the beginning of this when they introduced the film they sort of alluded to the fact that you know how interesting it was this is a movie about Diana in a theater named after Diana that she you know she wants you know, visited. Although when I did research on it, it apparently Princess Diana, and, and I was pretty sure on this, never actually went to the Princess of Wales Theatre. She never actually got to see it. So, you know, when people were talking about how like, you know, how beautiful and poetic that was, well, Diana actually never saw this theatre. So, you know, her, you know, whatever with that. So I found it interesting when they introduced this movie that not one person from the show, either the director, Kristen Stewart, any of the actors were there for the one and only screening of Spencer at TIFF. They weren't even, they didn't even Skype them in, which I thought was kind of strange. And again, I'm going into this movie with a lot of hype and I have a lot of high expectations. So again, I always kind of like to go against the grain <laughs> and this may be a very controversial 
review or statement that I'm going to say, but I am not one of those people after watching Spencer that is, this movie is amazing. In fact, I actually thought it was awful. Um, especially even though I had slight criticism of the eyes of Tammy Faye, which I just spoke about, um, I felt it was still realistic and I thought overall it was an interesting story. To me, this movie, Spencer, was, was just a, a mess. And I joked to myself that if Kristen Stewart had actually been at the theater and I would assume that everyone would have given her a rounding standing ovation, I would have been the lone person sitting in my seat. I thought this movie was terrible. In fact, if I had to rename this movie, I would have called it Diana Wandering, which I'll explain in a little while why I would call it that. First and foremost, I think one of the reasons why I did not like this movie is right in the beginning, right before it starts, it sort of says that this is a fairy tale reimagined or like a, and a, something that this is a reimagined movie. So that's their way of saying um, this movie about quote unquote Princess Diana is completely fake. There's nothing in this movie that has ever happened. There's no, um, like the only thing common is that they have actual names of, of real people that either were alive or are still alive. But, and that they, they would go to the Queen's uh, cottage for Christmas. That's really it. That's the extent of it. Everything else is completely fabricated and completely false. I personally feel that if, when people go see this movie, they're not going to fully grasp that. They're going to actually believe that this stuff happened. And Diana was sort of in this state during this time. Now, the movie is set... I would say mid 80s and that's just sort of based on the ages of the kids of William and Harry. I'm guessing it was mid to late 80s, although it doesn't really specify the year. All it says is it's right after Diana found out about Charles affair. Um, that's all we know. And it's the premise of the movie is it's set for three days over Christmas. So you have Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day. And... The reason why I call it, would rename this movie Diana Wandering is because for the better part of that, the movie, that's all she does. She wanders through the hallway. She wanders through her bedroom. She wanders through her room. She wanders down the back alleys. She wanders through the kitchen. She wanders through the basement. She wanders into a walk-in freezer. She wanders aimlessly through the grounds of the palace. She wanders through some field somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And she wanders through another field in the middle of somewhere in the middle of the night on Christmas. And if she's not wandering through most of this movie, she's throwing up in another part of this movie. And if she's not wandering and throwing up, she's talking to ghosts. She's talking to the ghost of Anne Boleyn. She's talking to the ghost of a jacket that she took off of a scarecrow, which I believe she sort of said was her father's. But I don't quote me on that because I thought it was so ridiculous. So if she's not wandering, she's not throwing up, and she's not talking to ghosts, she's sort of semi-crying for most of this movie. So do I, do I think that Kristen Stewart's performance was amazing? No, I don't. I know people will be like, she's exactly like it. And people were, you know, when I read the reviews after the, the uh, screening at TIFF on Twitter, people were saying, this is amazing. It was the greatest performance I've seen. She had me in tears. 
there were times I had tears because I was laughing under my mask that I had to wear. This movie, I found the way they made Diana look like she was basically on the verge of having a complete, like, hospitalization mental breakdown. I just, I, I just didn't get it. I, I don't know why they wanted to portray her like that. Um, and side note, all the other characters that are in this m movie, Charles and Diane, the queen, have a very, very little role. They don't have many talking parts. And I found that weird, too. And I kind of find it weird, like, compared to The Crown and to compared to movies like The King's Speech and The Queen, like, this is pretty bare budget. Like, the clothes seemed okay, representative of the, of the 80s, I guess. But, like, I didn't feel that they really put a lot of effort into other parts of the movie. But this movie... Like, I just sat there in sort of disbelief that this is the movie that they kept saying was the greatest performance of Kristen Stewart's life, you know, maybe next to Twilight or something. But if she wins an Oscar for this, and she's probably going to, over Jessica Chastain, which I actually feel would be a disservice, it'll confirm to me that Americans really have no idea about the British family. And in their mind, they think this is actually what was happening. Um... It was just a strange movie. And again, it was all fake. And I remember thinking to myself, like, if Diana were still alive, there's no way they would have allowed a movie like this to be made about her. Like, you know, and not to go, I've gone into a lot of detail already, but near the end of the movie, the last 20 minutes of the movie, there's a couple of things that happen that I'm not going to get, not even going to say, because if you see this movie, it, it would be like a, a you know, a major plot point revealed, but I just had to roll my eyes. Cause I was just like, is okay. Is this the direction they want to take this now? And the other thing I thought, and again, I have to keep saying to myself, Lori, it's, it's a fake movie. It, it's not supposed to make any sense is the fact that during this time in this year, Diana essentially was the next in line to be the queen of England. And at no point did she have any security with her. At no point did she have any detail with her, security detail, anything, police, nothing. She was driving this like rickety old car, which probably was a, was a nice car. I don't know. It just looked like an old car all by herself through some abandoned road somewhere in the middle of Northern England. And she has no idea where she's going. And she pulls over and goes into some like restaurant and asks for help. Like this would never happen. And you know, there's a point where she says to someone, I need to get out of here. So they just go, okay, go. And she goes, wanders through some field in the middle of the night on Christmas with metal clippers because she has to clip through a um, metal fence so she can get to her old home that is now condemned and abandoned and boarded up so she can break into that to cry. <laughs> like, I, like, I just sat there and I'm like, this is, yes, it's fake, but it's so, like, ridiculous. And there's a point in the movie where she's obsessed with this pearl necklace that Charles gave her. And she alleges that Charles also gave Camilla this, or the other woman, the same necklace. So there's a scene in the movie where, she, of course, she's having dinner with the royal family. And she's, of course, crying, because I mentioned that's usually what happens in this movie. All of a sudden, she just like rips off this, <laughs> this pearl necklace and starts eating the pearls. And then the next scene is, is her wandering through the hall trying to find the bathroom so she can throw up. 
And I just thought, like, this movie is bonkers. And why does everyone love this movie so much? And again, my criticism of Tammy Faye, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, was it didn't give us enough information. This movie is just, like, like give, not giving us anything. But people love this movie. So I know right now I am probably in the minority that hated Spencer. Um, but I will stick with this opinion. And one last thing about Spencer, there is a scene right at the end, which I know probably Americans or people out, basically outside of Ontario, where I am, are going to not get it. But what, for whatever reason, I don't know why the costume designer did this. She's wearing an Ontario Provincial Police baseball cap. I am not kidding. It says OPP, which are the initials of the Ontario Provincial Police, and it has the insignia and everything on it. Guaranteed, there are going to be people that think this is like some sort of tribute to the Naughty by Nature song OPP. I'm guaranteeing it right now. And again, I just thought to myself, did she ever in her life have, have an Ontario Provincial Police baseball cap? And why did they select that baseball cap? Was there no baseball cap of a police force in England they could have given her? Like, I just... And, I, and because there was no one at the screening, I would have loved to have asked that question. Like, do they even realize what baseball cap that was? I have no idea. And, you know, again, she's driving the car with his baseball cap on with the two um, Harry and William in the back seat, just like driving around some random road in London all by herself in the middle of the day on Boxing Day. And again, that would never happen. And I just thought... Like, I just started laughing where everyone was, like, applauding and people, again, from reading the reviews said they had tears in their eyes because of this great acting. Like, I couldn't get out of the theater fast enough when this movie was done. And especially when it became clear that there was no one at this movie to talk about it after, which I found very unfortunate. But because I would have loved to have found the idea of why they, why the directors decided to do this movie. And, and you know, I'm also kind of annoyed by the fact that I'm now going to have to continually hear about how great this performance is well into February because by all accounts, she's going to get nominated for everything. And I'd like to say my last hope for her to sort of maybe be an upset is the upcoming house of Gucci movie with Lady Gaga. So although that was not at TIFF at all, but really when you're comparing, comparing what I think was Kristen Stewart as Diana over Jessica Chastain, as Tammy Faye, hands down, I thought Jessica Chastain did a far better job. So that is why I had to get this episode out because uh, friends are keep asking me what I thought about Spencer. And before I told them I wanted to get this sort of episode out uh, about what I actually thought of that movie. So I recommend The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I recommend the movie Belfast, actually. I think that is a really good movie that is going to be really getting a lot of Oscar buzz for their lead actors. Um, and I also do recommend uh, The Last Night in Soho, which is very much a sort of suspense, a little bit of a thriller. Um, it's from the same director as Baby Driver. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be when I went to see it, but overall, I enjoyed those movies. Um, and then tonight, I, like I said earlier, I'm going to see Dune in IMAX. So... I'm really looking forward to that, and I will do a separate podcast episode probably on what I think about Dune. Um, yeah, so that is a very uh, 
short review of two of the movies that I saw at TIFF. Hopefully next year in 2022, TIFF will be back to the way I feel it should be. Um, although it was a lot better than it was last year. It was kind of sad going down King Street in Toronto and going down to where some of the other theaters were and it was really quiet. But overall, I think they did the best job they could with the situation with COVID in 2021, especially in Toronto. Again, I hope next year is a bit of a better year for them and it can get back to normal. So yeah, so I hope you liked this review. Uh, I hope you're not offended that I uh, did not like Spencer and when you have a chance to see it, I think it opens in October or November. I would love for you to go see it and let me know what you thought of this movie. So until then, have a great weekend and we will be in touch soon. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Muma the Puma the podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, follow me on Instagram at Muma the Puma podcast.